Thank you for tuning into this teaching. We hope this message blesses you. Our mission as Marigold Church is to do anything and everything so that anyone and everyone can encounter the real Jesus. We hope as you listen to this, you encounter the real Jesus. Let him transform your mind, transform your heart, and encounter you today. Hello, everyone. We're back for week number five, and we are going over commandment number four. And so before we get into it, we're going to go straight into it. I want to pray and just thank God for this time to to hear his word, hear his voice through his word, and just the opportunity to to get into it and and really dissect this. I'm so excited about doing the Ten Commandments. And and this idea behind the Ten Commandments is, is just this and very simple, is we are laying a foundation. We believe we want to hear God's word and God, hear God's voice in our everyday life. You know, we have questions concerning our marriage. We have questions concerning our children and the job that we take, our career. Um, you know, what what what's going forward? You know, here we are in this time as this being's uh, as this uh, is being recorded. We're in an election year, and and so we have questions. You know, about what do I stand for and who do I vote for, and, and all of these things. These are important things. So I'm I'm not diminishing those things. I'm not saying. None of that's important beyond uh, the Ten Commandments. Yes, they are important. But what I'm saying is this. The Ten Commandments are very, very much tied. And we understand that these came straight from God's mouth, right? He gave these. he, he, He etched it himself in stone. And so we know the Ten Commandments. And so, therefore, we know God's will in these grand areas of our life, because the Ten Commandments care, cover and carry over into every part of our life. So here's the, here's the deal, and this is why I feel like this is so foundational to our walk and our everyday walk. If we cannot believe God and follow Him in the things that we absolutely know He has spoken that is in written form, etched in stone, passed on from generation to generation, I don't think there's a whole lot of, of disturbance or, or you know just contradiction from, from people outside, even outside of Christianity or anything that, that say, you know what, the Ten Commandments never happened. I don't, I don't hear that. And, and even if they did, they're wrong because the, the, the Bible is absolutely without error. And so we see we see the God's word, these be these these solid things that he's spoken. And if we can't follow those or if we refuse to follow them or reject them in any way, how can we ever expect him to speak within our heart when we pray and guide us in any way if we won't if we won't Follow him in the things that we know he's spoken. How will we know his word? It just when it's spoken in our heart about us in particular, about maybe a job that we shouldn't take, or maybe a decision that we need to make that kind of goes against the grain. If we cannot follow this, it, it we can't follow him. This is foundational in our walk as believers. If you are here and you're saying, I believe God, then it's imperative that you believe his commandments. 
and you got to know what they are. We got to we got to rightly divide the word and see see what it is they mean and and truly look for the best interpretation of his word. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to get into your word and hear your voice. Father, we know that you've spoken to us and the and the way we know your heart is through your communication with us through your word. Lord, we know we can pray to you and you speak to our hearts. But Father, the number one way, that, the most foundational way you speak to us is through your word. And if when, when we know your word, we can rightly divide what it is that we, we believe is being spoken to our heart because you never contradict. Your spoken word to our heart will never contradict your spoken word through your scripture. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord God, that in serving you and you alone, Father, you simplify life. Where, where sin complicates it, Father, you simplify it. And we praise you. We give you glory and honor. And thank you for speaking to us in Jesus' name. We're going to continue and we go into this. And I'm going to just pick up right at verse, uh, verse number 1 of Exodus chapter 20. And it goes like this. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. For us as believers here in the New Testament, in the time that we're living in, he didn't bring us out of Egypt, but he did bring us out of sin. And Egypt was was very much a symbolism of, of bondage and, and things of that nature. And so he has brought us out of this bondage that we were, we were uh, uh, bound to, uh, called sin. So verse three, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. In verse seven, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. And we talked about that in our last session together where we where we were talking about uh, the, this taking the name in vain. It's really separating his name, the name from the person, the name from the meaning. And, and just it becomes an empty word. And we don't ever want God's name to be an empty word to us. We want it to, to, to be what it is and in and, and all that it is. And so right after that, um, let me see, in verse 8, excuse me, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. So today, the question is, do we still honor the Sabbath? Is this, is this commandment still important to us? Does it still mean something today as we were in a different time 
you know, we're, we're here we are thousands of years after it's written, you know, 2000 years approximately after after Christ is is um, crucified and resurrected. Does this still carry a meaning to you and I? today that's a great that's a great question we obviously we know that thou shalt not murder thou shalt not steal those still have a bearing today i don't i don't know that there would be much argument about that uh but i do believe that this is one that we that we may have some question and we may differ in a in opinion or interpretation but i want to share with you just my heart in this and i hope that at the end you'll see what i'm trying to say and you can determine for yourself is do i believe this or not do i believe what the scripture says in keeping this commandment so right real quick we're going to kind of go into exactly what it was and and where it, it does mention how god uh, created the earth in six days and then rested so i'll just read that for you real quick i won't uh, read the entire account of in chapter one. I do uh, encourage you to go to Genesis chapter one and read it, but I'm actually going to pick it up in a few verses starting in chapter two. So read chapter one and then go into chapter two, but it says, thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. So chapter one is all about uh, uh the, the creation. Here's God, the creator, and he's created everything. He's created the earth and everything on it, every inhabitant, the the, the plants, the animals, mankind. Uh, he separated the light from the darkness, uh, day, created day and night, sky and ocean, all those things. And so here we are in chapter two, and he's kind of saying, okay, after, now all those things are made, and then he's going to go, uh, so I'll just start over again in verse, uh, chapter one, in, uh, sorry, excuse me, chapter two, verse one, in, in this is in Genesis. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. So here we see God has created everything and now he's rested and he's create and he's and he talks about how this seventh day it's holy and it's set apart from everything. There's a rest and there's there's just a recovery. There's a there's a just a rest in this day. There's a rest from from the work. And we're gonna see where this word rest really plays part from not just in the beginning, but all the way to where we are at today. Okay. So just a few things. Okay. And we're we're gonna end up turning to uh, Mark uh, chapter two, and we're gonna see where Jesus talks about the Sabbath. So Jesus talked about the Sabbath as well. In fact, he refers to himself as the Lord of the Sabbath. We're going to read that. But I want to just talk about a couple things concerning the Sabbath, maybe some a little bit of history and some and some interesting facts and and I think we sometimes we fail to to see just how much we've been uh, influenced by these outer influences instead of letting our whole influence be straight from scripture okay now the jews did have some things that set them apart okay god 
really wanted his people set apart, the people of Israel, his people, his chosen generation, his chosen people, uh, his chosen nation, the nation after his heart, they were set apart in three different ways. The first way they were set apart was that they had this thing called the Sabbath, which was which ran from Friday uh, uh, around six o'clock to Saturday at six o'clock p.m. So Friday six p.m. to Saturday six p.m. So the Sabbath was Saturday. Okay, if you speak Spanish, you'll know uh, Saturday is Sabado, so it's like the Sabbath. Okay, and so you have this day of the Sabbath that set Jews completely apart. The other cultures didn't have that. Gentiles didn't have that. It was just another day. Every day was just another work day to, to, the, to the Gentiles of that time. Um, the second thing that set them apart was the fact that they, they were not to eat anything with blood. So if they were to eat meat or anything, the blood had to be completely drained from it. So that was something that was not, that was that the Gentiles or people that were not Jews they didn't have to follow that. They didn't go by that. They didn't believe in it. But the Jews had the Sabbath and they had the way that they, they ate their meat. And then also, third, but uh, the last, but certainly not the least, was circumcision. So all the males were circumcised after eight days. So the babies born on the eighth day, they are circumcised. And and that is, it's it's not a requirement today from Gentiles. It certainly was not something that the Gentiles did at that, that time. In fact, if you'll go to uh, in Genesis and you read the story of Joseph, where he reveals himself to his brothers, his brothers didn't recognize him. His brothers did not recognize his face. He, his, his, I'm sure his hair was different. I'm sure he had maybe had some eyeliner or some kind of makeup stuff that maybe they did in, in those times. And just from what I've seen in, that, in the ancient times from, you know, just the pharaohs and stuff of that nature, they, 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 you know, they had head dressings. They had certain things that were completely different than the, Drew, the, the, the Jewish uh, tra tradition or the way they, they, they did things. So his own brothers didn't even recognize him. And, and here he is, the ruler of Egypt, and his brothers go before him. Behind, he sent everyone out and he revealed himself to his brothers. I believe in part of that was he revealed his circumcision. They that would have that would have really set something to his brothers in that hey, I am a Jew because that is something that no one else would have done at that time. Uh, the the pain involved in in all of those things and and uh, and it's not they didn't have modern technology that we have today. And so just um, understanding that 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 was something that set Jews apart. So those three things. But we're, today we're looking at the Sabbath and just how it set the Jews apart. And so now thinking about this, all of creation has uh, a seven day work week, right? The ocean does not stop moving. The skies does not, uh, you know, the clouds don't stop moving. The sun doesn't stop shining. The, uh, the animals do what they do seven days a week. They don't keep a calendar. They they just know that they do what they do seven days a week. God only gave this to mankind. And so this even sets, so as, as Jews are set apart from all mankind, mankind is set apart from all of creation, okay? So he's, he's given this day to us, this seventh 
day, this day of rest. But it's not just a day of rest. It wasn't just a day of rest for the Jews. It was a day of remembrance. Now, the Jews could not do anything work-related, but God kind of just set it out. And I'll, you know, let me share you a couple of those things that, that God said, hey, look, I don't want you doing these things on the Sabbath, okay? Uh, one thing, they were not to gather sticks. So if they needed to cook and do all that stuff, they could not gather sticks to, to, for their fires. They couldn't do, they could not set a fire on, on the Sabbath day. The other thing they could not, they could not roast meat. So they could not cook meat on a Sabbath. So those were things that God put in place. In fact, when God had uh, led these people out of Egypt, his people out of Egypt, and they were in the wilderness and manna was coming from heaven, manna did not fall on the Sabbath. It fell at Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. On Saturday, it fell double the amount so that they would have enough for Sundays because there would not be any gathering on, on the Sabbath. There would be no harvest on the Sabbath, okay? But now here's the thing. You have God's law, but then you have man's law. So God, you know, men took God's law and said, you know what? We are going to even add more to that. So what started off as a blessing uh, soon became a burden. So you go from blessing to burden. You go from God's law, which is a blessing to us. When, As we've been going through God's law and, and his commandments, we see that his law is a blessing to us. It enriches our life. It doesn't take away from our life. But then when we fall into the traditions of man and man's law which is trying to supersede or substitute God's law, then it no longer is a blessing. It is a burden. So I want you to hear some of these uh, that, were, that were really, truly laws that the scribes came up with on mankind. God did not have these. These were straight from uh, man's law. Here we go. The, no setting of broken bones. So if you break a bone... Or if you have an animal that breaks a bone, guess what? You got to suffer till the next day, okay? So you got to wait till Sunday because their Sabbath was on a Saturday, okay? So you got to you suffer through it. I guess you shouldn't have been doing nothing to break a bone, okay? So no extreme sports on, on the Sabbath, okay? So here's the, here's the other thing. No taking medicine, no administering of medicine. So if you're sick, you know, and you, you, you're coming out of something, Oh, you got to take a break in your medicine. And, and you know, we those of us that have ever needed to be on medicine to, to, to get our health back or to, to do away with some symptoms as God is healing our bodies, um, you know that that is a setback when you're taking it and then you stop and you start taking it again. And so um, no tying knots. So, uh, you know, I don't, I guess they didn't have knots. I mean, I don't guess they tied their shoes back then, but if so, they were tripping. All right, here we go. That was like a little, little pun there. I'm laughing on the inside. All right, so here's the thing. No looking in mirrors. You could not look at a mirror on the Sabbath. You couldn't look at a mirror on the Sabbath. That is a rule that they really came up with. And uh, the, the thing was, if you, if you looked into a mirror, you would see something that you, you would need to fix and you would be tempted to fix it. So if you had gray hair, you would want to be tempted to pluck it out and you couldn't do that because that was considered harvesting. Yes, that's a real 
a real fact. Or if you saw your hair was out of place and you wanted to fix it, that you were breaking the law of the Sabbath according to man's law. Okay, also no killing of insects. So my wife is, she gets bitten with everything. Like, you know, no one could be getting uh, bitten by, an, especially mosquitoes. Like in a 10 mile radius, if, a, if there is a mosquito, it will find my wife. It would have been a sin for me to help my wife to slap those those uh, those uh, mosquitoes away, or or you know, no swatting flies, none of that. That's considered work. No killing of any kind of insects on the Sabbath. What else? You okay? Here's another one. You could not eat an egg that was laid by a hen on the Sabbath because the hen disobeyed the Sabbath. It sounds ridiculous, right? Like these are these are legitimate and they sound ridiculous, right? Because what happens is we we put our tradition in place of of God's will and it becomes a burden on us, right? We we're trying to do things. I I mean, I mean remember growing up like you know, you went to church and I mean, you better be in a suit and tie. And if you showed up to church and you didn't have a suit and tie, like that is like oh like who does that that is now i do believe in 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 coming to god and you're coming to his house and you know you want to you want to dress in, in in appropriately i do believe that but I, that's that does not make you holy or unholy that is not that is not what the church is for is is for the you know who can be best dressed you know, in fact, we, you know, we even have a saying in, in our culture today, you know, you, you wearing your Sunday best. And yes, do I believe God deserves our best? Yeah, but at the same time, I also believe he's not judging us from what we're wearing. If what kind of knot we have at the top of our tie, I, no, I don't believe that. If, if, if you're going and you're going for wholeheartedly to worship God, that's what he's after. He's after your heart more than he's after, uh, you know, a three-piece suit and tie. At the same time, I don't think we should fall on the other ditch where like if you were, choose to wear a suit and tie, like there's something wrong with you. Oh, that's old. That's tradition. No, man, do you. you if you want to dress suit and tie, do it. You want to dress, uh, you know, dress down. The idea is you go and you worship God. Okay. But those were traditions that we we would have to go by. Okay. And, and they were a little ridiculous. I was talking to a friend of mine and he was telling me how some of his neighbors the tradition that they have in their family for the Sabbath is to stay home and do nothing. They don't go to church. They don't, they don't do nothing. I mean, they just do nothing. They somehow they read somewhere that if, you know, to do anything, so they just stay home and do nothing. Okay. And this was actually kind of, I was reading up after he told me this, that this actually goes back uh, to something I want to say they called like the English Sunday. So if you didn't want to go to church, the only honorable thing was to do nothing, which you just lay in bed and do nothing, which is, it's, it's absolutely silly, right? Um, so there, this, it reminds me of, the, of, uh, of, a, of a poem that, that I came across, and it says this, and, uh, and I, because I do believe it's, it's important that we meet together. I do believe it's, it's, it's important that we come together as a church, but is that the Sabbath? And if it's the Sabbath, the Jews believed it was Saturday, for us in our as a Christian, we generally meet on a Sunday. So which is the Sabbath and which is correct? Or are either of us correct?
But here is it. As we talk about uh, a meeting together in a, in a, in a church, this is a, a poem I came across. Just a real short, but it, it, it made me laugh. It says, Get up, get up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. A Sunday morning spent in bed is sure and certain loss. If Christians on a weekday can be at work by seven, then surely on a Sunday they can worship at 11. And through this whole thing, and as we, as we, as we uh, have released these videos, hey, we've, we've done it even better. We release them at noon, so you get that one extra hour. But, you know, if we're assembling and we'll be, we're going to be getting back to meeting in person uh, pretty soon, is, is, as we, and as we assemble, Man, it, 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 is, is that the Sabbath? Let's, talk, let's see what Jesus talked about. Let's see what Jesus did. I want to take us to, um, to Mark chapter 2. And I'm going to just read. I, I was going to read the whole chapter. I, I encourage you to read the whole chapter. But uh, just for time's sake, I'm going to go in uh, to verse 20. Uh, chapter 2, verse 23. Mark chapter 2, verse 23. And it happened that he, excuse me, and it happened that he was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. This is talking about Jesus and his disciples. Verse 24 The Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he, when he was in need and he and his companions became hungry? He entered the house of God in the time of, of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests. And he also gave it to those who were with him. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So if you want to know what Jesus' attitude toward the Sabbath was, is the Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath, and he is the Lord of the Sabbath. So now, there's a juxtaposition in this. Now, Jesus, understand, Jesus was born a Jew. Okay? Jesus, born a Jew, he is under the law. He has to fulfill the law to the T. And, he, and we know that he never sins because to break that law was to sin. Jesus never sinned. And yet here we see that he was going against what the Pharisees were teaching. Jesus obeyed the law of God, not the law of man. You see, when we sin, we sin against the law of God. The law of man has nothing to do with sin. Sin is between me and God. Sin is between you and God. I can sin before you. I can sin and it hurt you, but my sin is not against you. My sin is against God. Why? Because God is the one who created the law. So if I'm breaking the law, I'm not breaking your law. I'm breaking his law. I'm sinning against him. But God never did that. His, he, 
he perfected the law. He lived it out per- perfectly. So he, even in the Sabbath, but not in man's tradition, it's a day to rest from your own work. So here we have is, is the, the Sabbath is a day that we're resting from our own work. And we see that Jesus, even later, he heals a man. And they are outraged that Jesus, they're not only picking grain, that his disciples are picking grain, but Jesus is healing on the Sabbath. And Jesus calls them out and says, wait a minute. How can you come against this work of God? Would, Would God break his own law in healing on the Sabbath? Absolutely not. So the Sabbath was a lot more about resting from our own work and being able to do the work of God. It was a day of remembrance. So it was a day of rest. It was a day of remembrance. We're remembering God. We're forgetting work for a day and we're we're remembering God. You know, it's funny. I've heard people even recently be very legalistic about the Sabbath, but they leave out one important part in when God talks about the Sabbath back in Exodus is God said that they would be working six days a week and resting one. I don't hear very many people arguing to go to a six-day work week at work. There was no such thing as an eight-hour work day either. And so we don't see that. So if we want to be legalistic on one side, we have to take the legalistic on the on the legalism on the other. That's a that's a sword that cuts both ways. If we want to, hey, this is a Sabbath is one day, okay, then there's got to be work six days. This idea of you resting a few days during the week, that ought to be sin if you believe that the Sabbath is is only one day out of the week to rest. So to rest any other day would be out of order. You're supposed to be working, not resting, right? And so, but we see Jesus is is saying something different. He's, He's not being legalistic about it. He's saying, wait a minute, the law is a blessing, not a burden. The, the Sabbath is a blessing, not a burden. And so here we go. The Father, so Jesus often talked about how he do, he, he's doing what the Father does. Well, what is the Father doing? We look back at Genesis chapter 2. When did the seventh day end? So Jesus, God worked six days and rested the seventh. When did the seventh day end and his work begin again? It hasn't. We are still in that seventh day where God is doing work in us. He's doing a work in us. He's still healing us. He's still mending our broken hearts. He's pulling us out of sin. You know, Jesus said, hey, it's finished on the cross. And, And yet he's still doing this work in us in sanctifying us. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is working. I thank God that the Holy Spirit is working in us every day, every day. Here's a couple of other things, just that Jesus, we know he's crucified on a Friday, but he's raised again on a Sunday. Now, now God picked when Jesus would be crucified and when he would be raised. He ordained it. He set it in motion. If 
Saturday was such an important day, this Sabbath day. Wouldn't he have been raised from the dead, this resurrection on that day? And then also, we, we have Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down. What was that? That was on a Sunday as well. So two very important days to Christianity were Sunday. So it's almost as God or Jesus as a Jew fulfilled the Sabbath, and then God said, you know what, we're doing a new thing. And so that's why we have Sunday. So yes, the Sabbath for the Jew, absolutely Saturday. The day that we come together and celebrate as Christians is Sunday. But is Sunday the Sabbath? We're still asking that question. Is Sabbath, is, is Sunday our Sabbath day? Is this the day of our Sabbath? That's where we run the risk of being legalistic. Of, okay, well, it's got to be this, and it's got to be that, and it's got to be this. In Romans chapter 14, and you've, you could read it in, in verses 1 through 8, Paul is, there. there's three different letters that I want, I'm going to focus on. One is Romans, one's Galatians, one's, one's Colossians. In Romans, he says, let everyone be convinced in their own mind concerning this, these days. And what is holy, What if it's one day or if it's every day, whatever that is. And in Galatians chapter 4, he says, he, he talks about how you were in bondage. Why would you want to go back to that? You've been set free from this bondage of sin and the law. Why would you want to go back to that? And then in another place, in Colossians chapter 2, he says, let no one pass judgment on you in how you honor the Sabbath in that the Sabbath is a shadow. It is a foretelling of something that was going to happen. So as we look in, in the New Testament, we see Jesus touched on nine out of the Ten Commandments. The, number, the, the, four, the, the one that he did not uh, preach on or it was, it was the Sabbath, other than to say the Sabbath was made for man, man not for the Sabbath, and he is the Lord of the Sabbath. So what does this tell us today? As we look in Hebrews chapter 4, we'll see, I encourage you, read Hebrews chapter 4. We see that the Sabbath is not a day. Okay? The Sabbath is not a particular day. It was for the Jews. It was. Absolutely, it was, it was a set day, a set time for God to, do, to tell you to do and not do certain things. But for today... God is he's saying, that is a shadow. Well, now we have the reality. We have the real thing. We don't need the shadow. Are we still to honor the Sabbath? Absolutely. But the Sabbath is taking on something different. The Sabbath is our rest. But it's not a rest on a particular day. It is a rest in every day. Now, does that mean I get to quit my job and I just rest no, this is not socialism. This is not, hey, you do nothing and everyone will do everything for you. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking, we're talking about Sabbath, not socialism. Okay, we're talking about Sabbath. God, Jesus, is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of the rest. 
the rest that we have in him. If I am a believer, I no longer am I trying to work. That was the thing is you would work six days. You rested one. You rest. You worked six days. You rested one. You worked six days. And this was just every day of your life. This is what you did. This is what you did. And to obey the Sabbath was probably hard work too. Sometimes it's hard work to not do something. But God is saying, look, I want you to rest in me. I want you to rest in that I've done the work. You don't have to work out your salvation day after day and try to seek it and and obey all the laws and hopefully one day. No, 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 no. You rest in what Jesus has done on the cross. That I, I rest in him. I rest in what he does. And now Sunday is not a day of, uh, uh, is not just a day of Sabbath. It's not just one day. No, every day to me is a day of Sabbath. Now, Sunday becomes set apart in my life. And those of a believer who wants to obey in the fact that I'm not going to forsake the assembly. I'm still going to gather, but I'm going to gather to celebrate the Sabbath. I'm not celebrating the day. I'm celebrating the Sabbath, the rest. I get to celebrate and have a party on Sunday and learn and and and, and dive into the, the presence of God and have an encounter with him in celebration of the Lord of the Sabbath. I get to celebrate that I'm resting in him. So is Saturday the Sabbath? Is Sunday the Sabbath? Monday, Tuesday? There is no day that's the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a resting. And Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. I I have the freedom to do something. I want to share three things with you. Because what is the answer for us today? If it's not just a Sunday or if it's not just a Saturday or going to a certain church service. So what is what is the answer to this? And we can look at it from three different ways. And I'm going to share these three quick things with you. That are, that'll help you help guide you in this idea of what is the Sabbath? What does that look like? And these are the three attitudes that we could take when it comes to the Sabbath. Number one, legalism. And legalism is this. You are made to do what someone else wants you to do concerning the Sabbath. You will be there at a certain time. And if you don't show up, you're this and you're that and you're not a true believer and you're... That's legalism. And you better show up dressed like this and you better talk like this and you better lift your hands like this and you... That's legalism. That's, that's something being imposed on you. That's legalism. Or you're, that's you imposing that on someone else. That's legalism. The second posture, the second attitude, is that of license. So on one, legalism is you're made to do something or you're making someone do something. License is, man, Jesus died on the cross. I can rest on that. I can do whatever I want. If I want to worship him on Sunday, fine. If I want to roll out of bed and, and, and do it, if I don't, that's fine. If I want to work that day, that's fine. If I want to go fishing that day, that's fine. If I want to, 
It's whatever I want to do, whatever I feel like doing. That's license. That's I'm taking license. I'm taking matters into my own hand. It's, it's, it's all about me. The Sabbath becomes my day. The Sabbath becomes about what I want to do. That's the Sabbath. That's I'm resting and doing whatever I want to do. No, that's license. One is saying you have to do this. The other, you're saying I don't have to do anything at all. Or you could take on the third thing, and I mentioned it already. Liberty. This freedom. I get to worship God. I get to come together and celebrate that I'm not trying to work towards my salvation. I've already received it. Now I'm working it out because I, I want to be more like Christ. I, wanna, I, want, I don't want anything coming between that walk with him. So Sunday for me, this is a day where I get to go and be with my brothers and my sisters in Christ and we get to celebrate the Lord of the Sabbath. I get to celebrate that I have this rest because I'm doing what he wants me to do. And, and no longer is it, I'm gonna do what I wanna do or I have to do what you're telling me to do. I, get, I have the freedom to go to the Father and say, Father, what would you have me do this day? I'll never forget years ago, is probably a dozen years ago. I was driving to church. And it was on a Sunday morning. Got up, got dressed, Sunday best, the whole thing. I walk out the door. And you know, I got to be honest with you. The entire time I was getting dressed, the entire time I was getting my tie just right, the entire time I was doing all those things, I cannot, I can honestly say, I don't think I, I thought of God one moment. I was doing what I did every Sunday. It was a tradition. As I was driving to church, I saw a car with its flashers on, emergency flashers. Had a flat tire, it looked like. And there was a lady just standing off to the side of the car. Immediately, I felt the Holy Spirit just impress on my heart. You stop and you help her. I would love to say that that's what I did, but I didn't. Because immediately, I dismissed it as this is just me trying to just uh, pull over and be the hero. Because I don't have time for that. I got to get to church. I don't have time to help someone. I got to get to church. You see, I was not being guided by the voice of God. I was being guided by what I wanted to do. I was being guided by tradition. And tradition has failed us many times. And it failed me that day. I followed the wrong voice. And I'm telling you, through worship service, I got there. I, I was there 20 minutes early. And I helped do some stuff before. And I waved to the people. And hi, welcome to the church. And all the time, the only thing I could think of was that woman. 
And I start, they, the band got up there and oh man, I clapped to the fast songs and I raised my hands to the slow songs and I bowed my head in prayer and I listened to the message, but I could not shake that woman's face off my heart. I don't remember a song we sang. I don't remember the message that day, but I remember that woman's face. And there was a conviction on me, like, never again. What am I doing? Isn't that what this is about? It's about doing God's work and following his voice? Absolutely, because he is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the reason we have rest, and it is him that we remember when we gather so rather that day is that's a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday, whatever it is that that you gather with your body um, or you gather with your brethren to remember the Lord, I encourage you to remember it. The Sabbath is not a day. The Sabbath is resting in the Father and what He's done for you. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, that you would speak to our hearts. That as we go just week after week, Lord, and we have these opportunities to worship you, but Lord, that we would do it, but we would seek you first. Lord, what do you want of me? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to worship you? How can I thank you the way that you deserve to be thanked? How can I worship you in the way that you deserve to be worshiped? How can I say thank you for doing this for me, this giving me this, this rest and this salvation that I never deserved and I still don't deserve? This, How do I give thanks to you for this wonderful gift of your son and your spirit? Father, guide me away from the traditions of man and into your heart. I thank you for that. In the name of your precious son, Jesus, amen. Hey, if this message or any of the content that we've been putting out has blessed you and you're wondering how you can partner with us in generosity, there are a couple ways to do that. You can download the PushPay app and you can search Marigold Church and you can give that way. You could also set up reoccurring giving and it's really user-friendly. It makes it really easy to give. You could also text Marigold to 77977 and give that way. We believe God moves through a generous heart and so we would love to see what God does through you as you partner with us and as we walk through this journey together.